welcome to the Marketing Star Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ear. I'm Vin, the associate producer here at Starista. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders and get their take on the current challenges of the market, and we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, Vincent and AJ chat with Claudia Lee, VP of Partner Marketing at Nutanix. She talks about how hyper-converged infrastructure and how the company simplifies the use of complex IT for customers. Vincent's son develops ninja skills and AJ takes off to Miami. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. I hope I'm coming in crystal clear. I have a new microphone. It's me, Vincent Petrofessa, the co-host of The Marketing Stir, the vice president of B2B products and partnerships coming at you it is so great to be back. I felt like it's been a while because I had some travel plans. I went to San Antonio. You'll hear about that in a moment. I've got my new Starista swag on. It's been fun. I'm happy to be back here. Ladies and gentlemen, let's just pause for station identification. That's not a real thing. This isn't a station. I'm just making stuff up. But Starista, what do we do? We are a marketing technology company. We own our own business-to-business data, business-to-consumer data. We help. Partners, clients, utilize that data to access it, to get new customers, email marketing, display, connected TV, OTT, email me, vincent at strista.com. Ah, that's how people have been emailing me. I just realized I give my email address out every episode. Shame on me, but that's okay. I'm confident in our services, so email me. The other thing I'm confident in, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're viewing us on YouTube, the clean shaven. He looks he looks three years younger. He already looked young, but he looks even younger. My partner in crime on the marketing stir. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's up, AJ? Just three years, Vincent? I was hoping for a slightly bigger number there. You already look young. I can't go three years, then you look like you're you know 16 years old. It's, ah, thanks, uh, thanks. What a good save. Improv. <laughs> Thank you to the People's Improv Theater for three years of improv. Thank you. Shout out to the, the pit, as they call it, in New York City. <laughs> yeah, it's been a little bit of a crazy week. Uh, well, we had you guys over in San Antonio, and then uh, I was in Miami for three days. So it's gone from like no traveling and no people to two weeks. So I'm, uh, I feel exhausted. But. Well, yeah, you're back-to-back travel. We were in yeah. San Antonio with the sales team, the customer success team, marketing team gathered together. It was a fun time, a shorter trip, shorter trip yeah. than usual. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I might have over pandemic become a, a homebody, but we'll see. Absolutely. Well, I, I think, yeah, you know, you constantly mention on the pandemic, I'm sorry, on the podcast, that you nap you're a big napper so people have been asking me about that now that i go to conferences there will be people who say you know what's up with aj's nap schedule i will get that now when i go to the two conferences that's been ruined neither of my kids uh take naps anymore so it's Ah. uh yeah it's it's killing me you know what's killing me is my two-year-old son is starting to get out of the crib and he like flipped over like he was a ninja. I'm like, wait a minute. I was impressed, but also this is going to be a problem. But we had a solution. We, my wife had uh, sewed. I didn't even know she could sew. She was sew. She was sewing. Not not the kid to the, uh, the crib. But people were like, wait a minute. Where's this going? The sleep sack leg. So he can get up, but he just can't lift his leg over. Genius, uh. genius. My wife. 
so, I, I thought you were gonna say you guys got a kennel and then he can't get out anymore. Yeah, I know. It's like in the crate, and everyone's like, wait a minute, what is happening? No, he is very safe, he is great, and he's not getting out of bed because he was doing nice. that and it was insane. Talk about no naps. But yes, and also those listening are New York fans. Guess who's coming to town in May? Mr. AJ Gupta himself is coming up here to New York City to see me and me alone. I'm kidding. He's just other people <laughs> are at work here. And we're going to see some of our amazing clients and visit with some of our prospects that we've been talking to who want to see us. So we appreciate that coming to New York soon in May. Other things that are exciting other things that are amazing. This next guest, AJ, she is the me on her video or vodcast. I like that. You know, it's a what? video podcast, sort of like this is sort of like a video, but most yeah. people consume us on audio. People say, I, I listen to you while I'm on the treadmill or I'm at the office or when I need to go to sleep. I'm like, hey, you could have left that last part out. We didn't need to hear that. She's the host of the vodcast Own Future, O-W-N, Future, Own Future. Give that a listen. But also more importantly, she is the vice president of partner marketing at Nutanix. Ladies and gentlemen, my new friend, Claudia Lee. What's going on? Hey, Vincent and Ajay. How are you? Amazing. It's uh, I'm always this happy in case you're wondering, you're like, why is this guy like that? I, I was am. wondering. I was wondering. <laughs> what Everyone do you drink does. before you get on air, right? I to get the energy. I, I drink a coffee. I always drink some type of iced coffee. I'm an iced coffee guy, regardless of the time of the year, even though it's very it's very cold here in New York City. So yeah, coffee. And yeah, I you know what I got the other day, AJ? I got uh it must be exhausting being you. I was like, wow, that's a weird thing. Anyway, but yes, it is. Uh, if you must know, it is exhausting. But Claudia, this is awesome to have you. We are, uh, you know, I'm fans. I'm a fan of yours. I also love what you're doing at Nutanix. But let's for those listeners out there who don't mm -hmm. know Nutanix, talk to us about the company. Yeah. Also, your role, some of your day to day, what you're in charge of the partner marketing piece. Mm -hmm. That within the title is new for us here at the Marketing Stir. We haven't had a ton of people on on the, you know, specifically partner marketing side. So mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about that. Cool. It's great timing then. Um, yeah. So first of all, thanks for the opportunity. I'm excited for us to chat today. And Nutanix, right? I work at Nutanix. It's basically a cloud software company. So what we do is we help our customers run their IT in a more simple way and we help them run their IT regardless of whatever hardware or public cloud they wanna run it on. Um, <clears throat> so I know you have guests that are in the B2C and B2B space, right? So in my space, in the tech space, um, I think most um, of the folks in our solution area know Nutanix as um, the company that kind of created a category. It's called hyper-converged infrastructure. So the reason why we've been so successful so far and why customers love our products is because we took a lot of complexity that they were dealing with day to day to run their IT and we massively simplified that. So think of us as like a software platform. You can run almost any application on it and you have the flexibility of taking us and running it on any hardware, any public cloud um, you know, that you so choose. So it just gives customers a ton of flexibility gives them time back to work on strategic things, right? Because now they can run their IT much more easily. 
Um, so I mentioned that, and there's a there's a method to my madness on why I explain why so many things run on us and why we run on so many other technologies as well. Think of that as like this ecosystem of, it, of technologies that we want to work well together because our customers, right, need us to work well together with those other technologies. So that's where um, all of us in the partnering world come in, right? Our job is to help um, <clears throat> explain to customers and help customers understand how we work with those partners, right, to deliver a more complete solution to customers. So my role in partner marketing has a couple components. We basically work with our partners and our um, partner sellers and marketers around the world to basically package up all the goodness of Nutanix and help our partners market the solution and, and make money, right, by marketing and selling the solution. So that's, that's kind of the, the you know, soundbite on what Nutanix is and what I do and why I'm at Nutanix. And I love it. And, and one of the questions we love asking, because it's usually not a direct path. A lot of people haven't studied marketing in college and then now are in marketing. And if you are, that's that's, you know, that's unique to yeah. our guest. Talk to us, Claudia, how you got into marketing in the first place. Yeah, I didn't start out in marketing either. You're right. Um, I so I actually started out in the consulting world. So um, consulting. In, in, in consulting, you basically try to bring together a lot of information and data across the industry and help clients make good decisions about their businesses, right? And that's actually a perfect fit for marketing because I feel like that's really what marketing is all about, right? Like you execute marketing campaigns and programs, you collect the data, you use that data to turn the knobs and dials to make that next campaign better. So that kind of just like was a really natural fit for me, right? Um, I was at JD Power coming out of school. I went to Accenture, right? Those were all consulting um, opportunities where I got to learn about a ton of different types of businesses. I was actually working with super cool like consumer brand companies, car companies, like packaged food companies. So it was pretty fun as a youngster coming out of college, um, getting to learn about the business world in that way. And then I kind of decided that that was a lot of fun, but I also wanted to be able to like implement those decisions that we were helping our customers with. So after grad school, I went to this company called Dell. I don't know if you've heard of Dell. And <laughs> yeah, I'm using one right now. I'm using one. I'm it's on a, a beautiful, a beautiful well, Dell computer. Yeah. I, I never assume. And I just, it is a huge company. I just remember when I worked at Dell, I would just, you know, meet new people and they would say, do you know? you know, Mary Smith, Adele, and I would, you know, sometimes, once in a while, I would know that person, yeah. but- Do you know Mike just, Dell? It's like, wait, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> no, I just friend. mean like, it's such a big company. Big company, yeah, And, yeah. you know, it's like a little bit, you know, funny when uh, they, people assume we all, you know, 40 or however, it's like 80,000 people now yeah, that yeah. we all know each other. It would you be should nice. mess with them. You'd be like, yeah, Mary, I love her. We eat lunch together um, every day. But, but no, Adele was like a really defining, uh, job for me just because I got to do so many different things at Dell, right? It was, to me, it was like my first real experience being a marketer. And I got to do a lot of different things, brand management, pricing, promotions, merchandising, services, solutions, right? So um, Dell's was just a great place for any marketer to just learn a lot about a lot of different things. And then um, I, um, 
I then uh, decided to uh, go to a company called Commvault, a software company, much smaller company, really cool opportunity to learn about the cloud. I worked with AWS and other cloud service providers. And then um, six plus years ago, I landed at Nutanix, great place. Um, also a defining opportunity for me just because it was my first startup um, experience. And I kind of found out that I'm a startup person. I love it. You get to just think about how to drive growth. You think about your customers and partners every day. It's all about everyone pulling together to figure out how to get things done. You don't necessarily always have a lot of resource, but you figure out a way. So it's just very creative. It's very much focused on acting. It's very much focused on driving results and just you need that team spirit to get anything done in that startup world. We're not a startup anymore, but we still have a lot of that culture and kind of sensibility even today. So yeah, that's kind of my journey on how I started out in marketing at a big company like Dell. And then I took all those skills and you know took it into more of a startup experience and built partner marketing at Nutanix up from scratch. Great, thanks for sharing that story, Claudia. And uh, to take us back to, or to take us to today, what are some of the channels and strategies that are working for you? And uh, tell us a little bit about your marketing stack. Yeah, I mean, I think Ajay, if you were to um, take a look at what we're doing, it's very much classic enterprise software, B2B marketing, right? We're doing, so much across all the levers, right? We have an amazing um, messaging and PR and comms function that creates the air cover, right? And then a lot of our demand gen sits within the region. So we have global teams that are building campaigns that are wrapped around the solutions that we believe drive differentiation for Nutanix with our partners. And then our job is to enable all of our regional marketers to take that message out directly to customers and partners. And then, you know, like kind of the foundation of a lot of that always on concept is all of our digital tactics. And then last but not least, right, my team kind of helps bring that together because we think about how do we have others carry the message for us? And that's where partnering comes in and is super duper important. And We've been like, we've been going uh, on this journey when it comes to partner marketing, right? Because again, I was just one person when we started and we've gotten more mature as we've gone along. And it wasn't just about hiring more people, right? Um, one of the things we've done, um, so, you know, your company is a marketing tech and services company, right? So we've been bringing that type of um, a practice building um, into the partner marketing world that I own, right? Because when we started, we had no tools, no automation, nothing, right? And so over time, we've built out a partner marketing practice where we have a SaaS platform that we can run campaign automation on. It's localized. It reflects all of the best campaigns that our core marketing engine runs. Um, it allows our partners to run it themselves if they so choose, or they can get assistance running it. And it's not just top of funnel activities, right? It's not just digital social and, and those type of top of funnel. We actually also have uh, marketing services agencies that are plugged into the platform so that then you can do the follow-up and you know kind of build the funnel and progress the funnel along the customer journey. So <clears throat> um, you know, we definitely have a very mature marketing stack and marketing organization. 
and um, my piece of the pie, right? I would say we're pretty mature. I think we're pretty leading edge, but really what we're trying to get to the next chapter for my team when it comes to like just marketing best practices is to continue to think about how do we use technology to make partner marketing easier, faster, cheaper, scale more, right? Because that's been a little bit underserved in my experience, right? So a lot of MarTech, I'm sure you guys would agree, a lot of MarTech, you know, up till three, five years ago was very focused on consumer facing demand gen because that's something a marketer can measure, right? This is a marketing podcast. So we can kind of talk about, you know, the foibles and the things that marketers deal with, right? Um, so a lot of the technology was geared towards customer facing. So partner marketing's been a little bit underserved when it comes to technology, right? So I have personally seen just like this increase and in this blossoming of tech companies that are trying to serve partner marketing and serve partnering in general. And so, you know, my team's been harnessing that, applying that, you know, adopting that, right? Because again, the whole goal is just to make the act of helping our partners reach our customers easier, faster, cheaper, right? And do it in a really creative, beautiful way. So Claudia, just to expand on that, uh, what is the importance of partners and what are some of the uh, uh, advice you have on building good partnerships? Um, let's see, that could be a vodcast all on its own. Um, yeah, I think, you know, you can tell I'm very excited because honestly, I think partnering is coming to the forefront of the tech space, right? It's almost like partnering is trending right now because there are so many companies that have great products, but a lot of these companies are realizing that it's not always just about the best product. You have to, you know, reach your customers with those products. And so any one company, you can never hire enough reps. You can never hire fast enough, right? So how are you gonna reach all your customers? You're gonna need help, you're gonna need friends, right? So therefore partnering has just become so, so important in the IT space and the tech space that I'm in. Um, that said, like everyone wants to partner, but it is, you know, it's, it's not always easy. It's not always, not every partnership is successful. So, um, I think it starts when you, when you, you know, think about like, what does it take to make a partnership successful? Um, each situation is different, but some of the, the consistency, the consistent themes that I see is first, you have to have your customer value prop super clear, right? It has to be tangible, easily communicated value prop on why you're, you know, why one plus one equals three, right? Everyone says that but it has to be based on true solution value, right? So that's fundamental. And then I think um, a lot of partnerships um, can struggle if you're not clear on the swim lanes, right? Let's say one plus one equals three, that's clear. And then there needs to be clarity on how are you gonna sell together? Where are you gonna sell together? Who's gonna lead? Who's not gonna lead? Are there, you know, competitive situations that you need to have swim lanes for. So just understanding that engagement model is super important. Um, and then I think having clarity on who's gonna lead and who's gonna follow in which markets and being able to measure the impact of the partnership, right? That one is super important, right? 
every partnership sounds really great on paper, but every partnership lives or dies by the ability to drive revenue for your company. So if you can't measure it, then you can't show the value to your company. And then, you know, companies have so many priorities, you lose interest, right? So just being able to measure the value of the partnership is also super, super important, right? Like I said, there's so many factors, every partnership is different, but those are some of the consistent things that I see that really define whether a partnership is gonna be successful or not. Claudia, you mentioned this could be uh, a vodcast episode in itself. Talk to me about that. I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, but I wanna to talk to you about own future. I wanna talk your, you know, your uh, podcast there. I love you call it vodcast, but talk, <laughs> talk to me how, how that came about, some of the guests that you have, where can people find it? Yeah, so Own the Future is for our partners, right? So um, we do a lot of messaging and communications out to our partners on new products, you know, programs, things that they can do to help drive their revenue, right? Um, with Nutanix supporting them. Um, but we also found that like, we just didn't have an avenue to talk about trends, right? Like what's up with AI and why should you care as a partner? Um, what does hybrid multi-cloud really mean and how do you make money out of that, right? Like there were just some like more um, long-term or strategic topics that we didn't really have an avenue for. And also we just have so many experts in our company and then also like partners that we work with that we wanted to just put in front of our partners and for them to like, you know, gain insights from. So long story short, we were like, hmm, you know, nobody reads anymore. So uh, what are ways to like expose this, these cool ideas, right, to our partners? So we just kind of tried it out last year as an experiment, it's called In the Future. And then the genesis of the name is just that, again, it's, it's about trends and things to think about for the future and how to harness some of these trends to help you be successful. It's not about as much about like what to sell today, right? So it's it's around like this, hopefully this knowledge that we're, you know, providing to you will help you control your destiny and own the future, you know? So that's kind of the genesis of it. You can find it on Apple and all the usual places on YouTube, on our partner portal. And uh, we just finished episode one. So we're kind of like looking at the results, thinking nice. about what we're gonna talk about. Um, Sorry, season one, that is, sorry. Oh, okay, you just yeah. finished season one. So I was like, one. wait a minute, I was like, I, I, yeah, I saw <laughs> no, no, one. No, you're like, you saw more than one episode. I was like, what episode, um, yeah. <laughs> we just finished season one. So now we're kind of thinking about like topics and guests and things like that for season two. So maybe you might, we might reach out. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah. Own the future. Sorry about mm -hmm. that, I said own future, own the future. Own the future, and, yeah. yeah, own it, I, yeah. I love it, I love it, that's fantastic. And uh, you're the host? I am the host. It's it's been fun. It's been a learning experience for me as well, right? It's a lot harder than it looks, as you can attest to. Yes, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Well, although I, I I enjoy talking, my my problem sometimes yeah. is like, all right, that's that's enough out of you. Yeah, yeah. Winston, it's not everybody's a natural at podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> but naturally, funny, I love like, it because I like, just get to sit and just you know, like I'm like this. And I'm learning from my guest speaker and I just learned about all these different cool topics, right? Yeah. No, code, no code, what does that actually mean? You know, what are the technologies that are enabling the future of work? I mean, just cool stuff, right? 
that I get to just take a moment from all the lists and action items and just sit and soak up information from smart people. Yeah, no, that's fun. That's why that's why I enjoy it. We we wanted to put this out. Stir, the marketing stir is kind of like stirring things up, but it's also the stir of the drink where it's like if we met our guest at the bar at a conference, what would we talk about? And and it's that conversation, but I've learned so much that love that we get to talk to amazing people. So yeah, I'm glad you uh, have that. Oh, in the future, give it a listen. Also, Claudia, I want to go back to what you said, the, the startup world. Why, what, what draws you to it now? I mean, like you said, you've been at big companies. What, what are, what draws it to you is the fact that you wear many hats is the fact that you're building something. I'd love to, for you to expand on that more. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, I think it's the learning aspect, right? When you're what I still call Nutanix a startup, even though, you know, we're, we're pretty large now, but we're more of a mid-sized company, but we still have that mentality where, you know what, try something, you'll learn from it. Some of it will work. Some of it you'll learn from, and, you know, it'll help you build for the future. It's that mentality that I, I really love, right? That's the number one thing is just the, the opportunity to try new things and, learn from it, right? Like, I think this isn't a startup story, but I think all of us who are marketers during the pandemic learned a ton about virtual events and quality of your message in a video format and just like ways to tell the story outside of doing a seminar or a live event, right? Like that, those are skills that any marketer is a better marketer for, right? So just examples of that happen all the time, every day, right? At a startup like Nutanix. Claudia, you've been at some pretty uh, impressive companies and a lot of impressive roles. Uh, what advice can you give a younger company to build a marketing engine that works for them? Um, I would say one thing I've learned a lot over the years is just be clear on what you want this to look like in three to five years out. <clears throat> I think when, um, whether it doesn't have to be a startup, it can be in any company where things are just very fast paced. The natural knee jerk reaction is to act and you always have to act, right? Urgency is important, but the more you have in your mind, the vision of what you want this to look like in three to five years, then you can do things in a way that's building for the future, right? You're kind of like, it's like, it's kind of like killing two birds, right? Every tactic, every program in a way, you want that MQL to get produced for your short-term goal, but every program or tactic should, helping, should be helping you build a future program or make the program stronger or you know build capability that you're gonna scale out in other ways. So I think that would be my main advice, right? Is just to think about what, what you believe your marketing engine is going to look like three to five years out, not just the today. And then you can build the steps to get there. And, um, you know, just in my little corner of the world, thinking about partnering all the time, that's actually really important because I see a lot of companies that um, build a, a very direct marketing and sales direct um, engine, right? And then they hit this patch where they want to grow more and then they think about partnering and you haven't really planted the seed yet. So you kind of, you know, want to start thinking about how our partners part of your go-to-market from the beginning. 
so that you're planning for that and building that because it'll take time to bear fruit, right? Just like customers, it's the same thing, right? You you have to like build the value prop, build the engagement, build the relationships, and then you can start selling with your partners. It's the same thing, right? So I would, yeah, that would be my kind of like point number two is like, think about just, um, just think about how you want to use partners in your go-to-market model and build that into your, into your engine. Because if you get too ingrained into a direct mindset, I, I've seen this at companies as well. If you're too ingrained into the direct mindset, it's really hard to change behavior, right? After it's pretty ingrained. Claudia, this is one of our uh, staple questions here. And uh, the question is, a lot of, uh, I'm sure you get a lot of kind of unsolicited LinkedIn messages and emails. And uh, we'd love to know, you know, what's a message that gets a response from you and what's one that really annoys you? Ah, um, you know, it's funny because, yeah, I do get a lot because we were talking earlier about how partner marketing and partnering has really come to the forefront. So I get a lot more solicitations now than I used to. Um, I think if it's done well in a way that they are demonstrating that they know what your function or company does, and they're taking a really good guess at topics that you're probably thinking about already, right? Like, like for any so for anyone who's a vendor out there who wants to contact me, like channel marketing ROI is probably something I would open an email about or read, right? Um, so that those are done well because they kind of know the audience. They know what a typical partner marketer or marketer cares about and they're trying to like solve something for us, right? Um, I think the ones that aren't done well, it's just, I see them and it's just a shame because it, it's mostly just around little things like um, quality things, right? Like like I, I got one, a week ago where they clearly did a mail merge and they forgot to change the subject line to my company. It was a <laughs> so it's just about execution, I guess I would say on the, on the things that don't work well. It's about how, how well you execute, right. With precision and quality. Yeah. You should, uh, what's the name of that company that reached out? Let's shout about, no, I'm kidding. Let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> I That's yeah. That's funny. It's yeah. like, uh, we'd love to help out your I company, know. like space, you know, yeah. generation actually like, wait a minute, it, it's you're way off. Well, like, the yeah. sad thing is it's from a really large company. So when you're at a really large company as a marketer, you just don't have to hustle as much usually, right? Mm -hmm. Because your brand is already out there, right? So there's a lot more forgiveness for those little mistakes, right? If you're not as well known that, that, that may be your only interaction with your audience so they only can judge you by that one little thing so just yeah quality is super important yep no i like it thanks for sharing that people love that question it is a staple question as aj said and that the feedback we get from our listeners on that it's like well i tell my sales team that i tell my marketing department that mm -hmm. like i've changed my own methodology of reaching out to people it's research it's quality mm -hmm. look into it doesn't have totally. to be doesn't have to be reaching out to twenty thousand people a, a week it does not work. Mm -hmm. Claudia, I wanted to talk about specifics. You talked about the platform. You talked about how you made, you talked about automation as well, but how has it helped Nutanix that you've started automating some of that pr procedures on the partner marketing platform? 
I think it's been a huge benefit to Nutanix. Um, we have a few thousand partners that we want to actively work with, right? And so if you think about it, right, uh, and we have, we have sales folks, right, that work with our partners and with our customers. But if you think about it, right, they're not going to be able to interact with each and every one of their partners on a daily basis, right? So our job as marketers is twofold. One is to give our salespeople um, air cover, right? Like the, the more your audience has heard about you already by the time your sales rep calls, it just makes that sales rep's job easier, right? So that's where automation will come in, right? Like there, there's a central platform where partners can come in and just, you know, consume information, find out the latest and greatest on programs and products and things like that, right? We do other forms of communication and that all just sets the table so that they can be efficient when they're engaging with, with their customers and partners. And then the other thing too is that, and, and I'm sure you, every single one of your guests probably talks about this, right? Marketing is becoming more and more data-centric and more and more digitized, right? That human interaction is still super important, but just it's, it's become almost like, you know, data scientist level quality of a function. So, um, so yeah, all the work we've done to automate partner marketing campaigns and, and things like lead flow are super important just to help innovate and drive modernization and efficiency for our marketing engine as a whole. And, and it totally paid off during the pandemic, right? Like we had been building this for last few years and um, started out with minimal viable product, right? And kept building features. And we were just doing it anyway, because we needed it and then you know, the, the pandemic hit. And I know a lot of companies might have scrambled a little bit. The good news for our teams were that we had a platform that was operational and already running at scale. And our partners definitely leveraged it. Like our activity levels went up like two to threefold, right? During that time, just because folks needed more digital tactics during that time. Yeah, a lot of uh, guests that we had on talked about digital transformation during that time, being able to almost get with the times. I think the pandemic mm -hmm. woke up a lot of companies in that sense. Mm -hmm. Talk totally. to us finally about the, the partner program. Anything else new on the horizon for that? Anything that we could, uh, the listeners could look forward to? Yeah, I think that for our partners that are listening, um, I hope they feel like Nutanix has always been pushing the envelope to design a program that's more modern and forward leaning. So what I mean by that is that um, like last year, it's been about a year and a half, right? We launched our new partner program and we redesigned it. So it was much more simple. And it was really based on the idea of helping our partners build competencies that help them sell the solution better, right? Because a lot of traditional partner programs, I know Vincent, you mentioned you don't have as many guests, you know, focused on the partnering world, but a lot of partner programs, you basically get put into a tier of the program based on how much revenue you do, right? And we decided that really wasn't our focus, right? Um, every partner is important. And the more skilled you are at understanding our solution and helping customers implement the solution, mm -hmm. then we want to value and reward that. So we pivoted to a competency-based model a year and a half ago. And then um, kind of the next evolution is that alongside what's happening in our industry is that um, 
you know this well, right? Like customers are more about buying an experience or a service now versus buying a product, right? So in our space, a lot of the industry is trending towards subscription-based selling instead of buying a product and using it for five years, right? So that means how we all have to engage with our customers is changing because it's much more of a lifetime journey type of a lens on how you sell to customers. So that's kind of the next evolution of the partner program. Um, when you were asking about like what's next for our partner program, we're gonna be designing it and continue to evolve so that we're helping partners really like be successful through the customer journey, not just in that first transaction. Nice, awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us. Sounds exciting. Claudia, last question. We always like to get to know our guests on the personal level. Tell me about what you enjoy doing in your spare time. Can we talk about the ranch? I feel like we need to talk about the ranch <laughs> in Texas and, and what, yeah. uh, well, you know, what, what, please explain that, but also what you like to do for fun. Oh yeah, no, I love to talk about our ranch. Uh, I live in Austin, Texas. I didn't grow up here, by the way. I grew up in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, we have land out in this place called Burnett, Texas for anyone listening who's from Texas or knows that area. And, you know, we just, we use it as a place to go out on the weekends and just, you know, unwind and unplug and get with nature and experience the joys of nature. And um, I was a city gal growing up. I married a country boy. He came to me with this crazy idea one day saying, wouldn't it be cool if our kids grew up learning or knowing how to ride horses? Cause that's my husband's background. And of course he, you know, kind of duped me into it cause what mom wouldn't do anything for their kids. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. So we bought this land a few years ago and, you know, we've just been kind of working on it. Now we have uh, eight horses. Wow. And um, eventually we are just still in that area around the horse culture is pretty cool. I've learned a lot about it. I've been learning how to ride. I'm still a beginner, but it's a lot of fun, right? So as you can tell from what I was saying before, I'm all about learning and new experiences. So it's yeah. been a really cool experience for me personally. That's amazing. I, you know, to this day, I don't know if people, if I've shared this with you, AJ, I, I've never been on a horse. I've never been on a horse. I, yeah. It's I've cool. Never, I yeah. heard it's cool. Have you been on a horse, horse? AJ? I actually have. It's uh, I had a call it a traumatic experience. <laughs> oh, jeez! <laughs> but uh, I, I was uh, eight, and uh, there's a temple in India, and you. The, I think now they have other ways of getting there, but it was really kind of the only way of go, getting there. It was top of a mountain. You had to get on a horse. Uh, so I'd never rode a horse before, and I guess the horses have kind of a leader in that defined area so i ended up being on the kind of the uh, the front horse that was the leader so the horse is kind of running up the hill and on, on it's on the edge so i can see kind of looking down <laughs> if the horse uh, slipped i would uh, it would be the end of me and the owner of the horses is like well the horse cares about its life too so you don't have anything to worry about so wow but you were eight so yeah, yeah that, I, I can eight. see yeah, that being yeah, yeah. extremely scary whether yeah you don't have to be eight to be scared I'm not getting on the horse <laughs> yeah well yeah. forget no. it now I'm not going on it yeah thank no, you for no, that story AJ so no I'm cool. kidding I'm... I highly recommend it Vincent horses are like dogs but just like they're bigger they're super warm and have lots of personality yeah. and 
they're they're really cool animals i highly recommend it that's awesome yeah no thank you for sharing that story when you told me that because i knew you were from the city originally i knew you're from you know uh pittsburgh and then when you told me that story i'm like that is interesting especially for this new york city kid uh myself kid who am i kidding i'm in my 40s but uh, it's it's fascinating to hear it so uh thank you for sharing that thank you for sharing the Nutanix story. We really love what you're doing. Own the future. Listen, go to Nutanix, uh, check them out, go to Claudia, uh, but don't, you know, make sure you get her company right on LinkedIn if you're going to reach out to her. Claudia, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for spending time. That is the Vice President of Partner Marketing at Nutanix, Claudia Lee. I'm Vincent Petrofessa. That's AJ Gupta. This has been The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.